Blog Talk Radio. family and friends around the world. The radio voice of Eastern Airlines is on the air and we're talking about our favorite way to fly, Eastern Airlines. We're on twice weekly now, Thursday afternoon with REPA, the Retired Eastern Pilots Association. We call it REPA Radio Hour at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and the Eastern Airlines radio show every Monday like we're doing it tonight. 7 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll not be able to bring you the Reaper Radio Hour this Thursday as I have another doctor's visit scheduled for my wife at that time at the Mayo Clinic here in Jacksonville. But we'll be back the following Thursday. Both broadcasts are live call-in shows and we welcome your comments on the air. Our hosts are from around the U.S. and our listeners from around the world. Yes, we've identified over 50 countries now that regularly listen in to our radio show. We're glad you're with us. My name is Neil Holland, retired Eastern captain and the producer of the show. I hope you enjoy tonight's broadcast, and I might add here to stick around as we have breaking news with Mark Porter about the new Eastern Airlines. You'll surely want to hear this immediately following tonight's program. And now Chuck Albright, our announcer, will get the show in the air. Chuck, it's all yours. Thank you very much. Hello, Eastern family and friends. As our producer said, we're glad you're with us for more Eastern talk and news information. As he said, my name's Chuck Albright, and I'm coming to you live from the village of Florida. Our producer, Captain Neal, is in St. Augustine. And our hosts are scattered all over the country. Captain Mike Scott's in the New York area on Long Island, as is Captain George Jen. Dorothy and Don Yagler in, in the villages just north of me. Jim and Carrie Holder in the Atlanta area. Mark Potter is, in the, is our new Eastern 301, and he's in the Miami area. And Colleen DeFeese is in the Wesley Chapel area. Mr. Producer, if you see any of our other regulars, Please let me know. Now, okay, Chuck. Our- hey, Chuck. Before you, Chuck. Before you continue, we do have uh, Harry Lindquist from Atlanta as our guest tonight, and uh, he's in. Uh, let's see, Harry. Where are you? I live in Brunswick, Maryland, Metro uh, Baltimore, D.C. area. Okay. Now we got them all, Chuck. 
Well, thank you very much, and we're glad to have you. Well, let's see. Mr. Producer, like I said, thank you for telling us about our new uh, regular, so to speak, hopefully. For all our hosts, welcome, and thank you for listening and calling the show for over the past nine-plus years. You've truly made us the radio voice of Eastern Airlines. We'd love to hear your comments and share your memories with our radio listeners from around the world during the broadcast. If you haven't called a show before, all you need to do is call 213-816-1611 and just say hello and talk to us on the air live every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Many of our listeners choose to listen by computer using the radio icon on our homepage at www.ealradioshow.com or perhaps by signing in at our site of our provider, Blog Talk Radio, at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. Now remember to abbreviate the word Captain to C-A-P-T. Should you wish to talk during our live broadcast, feel free to use our call-in number, 213-816-1611 at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Let me repeat that number so you can write it down for your Monday night visits, 213-816-1611. By the way, tell your friends about us. Our membership is growing. We're now up to 1,050 Eastern family and friends. And don't forget, you can listen to any of our 469 Monday night broadcasts and 100-plus Thursday broadcasts by simply going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. That's C-A-P-T-E-D-D-I-E, scrolling down through the archives of the broadcast. Each episode is briefly described. We're nearing 600 episodes now. And all because of the listeners like you wanting to talk about Eastern Airlines. Our lines are always open for calls, and if you choose not to participate and talk live with our hosts, we ask you to please mute your phone, as our producer does not have the capability of filtering out background noises, such as, you know, barking dogs and slamming doors and ice cubes and beverages and ringing phones. That's why we put they put the mute feature on your phone. Now, I see we're number one for takeoff. So, Captain, let's get flight 469 in the air. Eastern 469, this is Kennedy Tower. You're cleared for takeoff. Wind 10024, runway 13 right, cliff takeoff. Roger, Eastern 469 is on the roll. Eastern, fly Eastern Airlines from the ground up. Traveling 
Johnny's jersey's ear from the ground up. Eastern service is speedier by Eastern Airlines. Okay, you guys, so I love my job, okay? I really, really love it. But there are some days when all I can do is just kind of like it, okay? Just kind of like it. Today is one of those days. And it is because cruise scheduling took my day off. Captain? Yeah, uh, this is Harry, Atlanta Cruise Scad. I've got a trip for you tomorrow. It's a three-day trip. Uh, man, I'm sorry to call you out during the Christmas holidays. That's okay. I understand. I've gotten used to flying during the holidays. It's uh, caused by something called, sen- by se- called seniority or lack thereof. I wonder who the line holder is and what Christmas illness he suddenly came up with. I hope this trip is going to be down to the Caribbean so I can get out of these freezing temperatures. Well, not exactly, but it will be something you probably haven't done before. A Christmas layover in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, that is. You've got to be kidding. We have a trip that lays over in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and on Christmas Eve? Yeah, it used to be flown by the Washington base, but now they added another day to the sequence and decided Atlanta should be flying it. Maybe you get to actually see the man in the red suit and, and his deer flight. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. <laughs> True, scheduling. True scheduling can be defined as the problem of assigning a group of workers, a crew, to a set of tasks. The crews are typically interchangeable, although in some cases different crews possess different characteristics that affect which subsets of tasks they can complete. Crew scheduling is just one of a number of challenging planning problems that face airlines. Although these problems are closely interrelated, they are typically solved sequentially due to their size and complexity. Now here's how it's supposed to work. Airlines usually begin by solving a scheduled design problem in which they determine the flights to be flown during a given time period. In the next step, the fleet assignment problem, they decide what type of aircraft, such as a Boeing 757, a 727, etc., to assign to each flight as a function of the forecasted demand for that flight. The maintenance routing problem follows in which individual aircraft are assigned to flights so as to ensure that each aircraft spends adequate time at specific airports to under, uh, in order to undergo routine maintenance checks. Having completed these three tasks, the airlines then address the problem of scheduling crews. Carrie? Now, okay. Now, Colleen, each cockpit crew is qualified to fly a specific fleet type or a set of closely related fleet types known as a fleet family. Therefore, we solve a separate crew scheduling problem for each crew type, which includes only those flights that have been assigned to the corresponding fleet type. 
The input to a crew scheduling problem is a set of flights to be covered. Flights are grouped together to form duty periods, which are a series of sequential flight legs comprising a day's work for a crew. Duties are then strung together to form pairings or crew trips spanning one or more work days separated by periods of rest. Finally, monthly schedules are made up of multiple pairings which, with time off in between. These four components, i.e. flights, duties, pairings, and monthly schedules are the building blocks of crew scheduling. Notice I said building blocks. That is until some line holder sees fit to get sick during a popular holiday. <laughs> Associated with each of these building blocks is a distinct set of constraints. These typically come from three sources. First, governing agencies such as the FAA in the United States restrict crew scheduling primarily for safety purposes. Second, labor organizations often enter into a collective bargaining agreement concerning the crew's work conditions, i.e. Airline Pilots Association or ALPA. Third, the airlines themselves pose added constraints, for example, to make the schedule more robust, more, more robust Bethlehem, Pennsylvania layover, in addition to these constraints, each building block is associated with a distinct cost structure. Some extra concerns, especially on layovers, are airport to hotel transportation, hotels and the location to the airport, legal rest periods, and many other things that could change all of the above, like weather, equipment delay, etc. Yeah. Well, now, Carrie, let's talk about some of these aircraft. Fuel and crew are the three key cost drivers of a successful airline operation. Finding the most efficient route and staffing it with properly qualified personnel is a critical financial consideration. So, for effective utilization of the entire fleet and crews, good planning is a matter of key importance. However, mistakes do happen. One of the for recent examples of crew planning problems can be the case of Ryanair, a low-cost carrier based in Dublin, Ireland. Ireland. The airline reported that poor planning and a bit of bad luck left the company with a shortage of working pilots, many of whom took time off for the fall season. Consequently, the shortfall has forced Ryanair to cancel 2,100 flights starting September the 16th and continuing through October. So, even the most insignificant mistakes made while planning and scheduling crew resources could turn into a serious problem, bringing huge financial losses for airlines. Have you ever thought what reasons lie behind all the challenges in crew planning and scheduling? We've already mentioned a few. Bethlehem PA to start with. One of the main factors making crew scheduling and planning such a difficult process is the frequent changes in an airline's market situation. Particularly, this makes it challenging to maintain efficient operations that can lead to underutilized fleet and crew, or even worse, a shortage of resources. Mike. Yeah, and Jim, uh, a representative of Small Planet Airlines, a rapidly growing independent leisure airline company operating across several continents, revealed that they face the biggest challenges when there's a lack of crew. It becomes difficult to plan the flights within the flight time limitations, FTL, uh, the requirements that they put out to develop a so-called plan. The plan B in case of sickness, such as uh, holidays, Bethlehem, as we talked about, and Christmas, etc., 
Correspondingly, the departments dealing with the crew planning usually have to make many changes in the crew rosters. Not surprisingly, the first draft of plans is given uh, planning given a planning period and be updated several times until the final plans are fixed and published. In the operational phase of these plans, it may, may still be altered. For example, flights may be canceled, delayed, or a crew member may report sick uh, during holidays, such we said, uh, or Bethlehem, as we mentioned, and Christmas. Therefore, airlines tackle these problems by having a buffer, buffer sort resources, for example, standby crews. The main reasons behind corrections made while planning are changes in flight schedule, new flights, change schedules, sick leaves, employee resignation, and so on. Due to a large number of crew employed airlines and crew employed by the airlines, even, a, even small changes in productivity can have a significant impact on the airline's profits. A single percent improvement can translate into several million dollars. George? Well, yeah, you could say that crew planning and scheduling is the true ruler of an airline. In order to manage the process smoothly and eliminate all the possible risks of failure, airlines have a challenging task to create a realistic route program for each international association of travel agents, that is the IATA season, that makes optimum use of the available crew resources. In general, crew management process at airline companies can be considered an actual art form constantly influenced by a dozen of predictable and many unpredictable events, a lack of crew members, changing weather conditions, political unrest, and so on, as previously mentioned. For example, Small Planet Airlines manages its crews with the help of two departments. The responsibility for long-term planning, that is the monthly rosters, is taken by a planning department, while crew dispatch is in charge of short-term short changes, that is, those within 72 hours from the present moment. Therefore, to achieve efficient operations, airlines gather huge teams that are invisible to an ordinary passenger. Every single department, especially these conducting tasks related to crew planning and scheduling, is of vital importance. Good planning and scheduling are among the main aspects making an airline's operations successful. Don? Well, hello, folks. What is the worst thing cruise scheduling has done to you? I know you think uh, we are the worst, but I really try to accommodate all personal days, early releases, release from deadhead, and pretty much everything else you need. Now, Jim, Captain Jim, you got something you want to tell us about uh, Cruzcad, a little story? Yeah, I got a little story, and Neil mentioned uh, that he might want to put it in his upcoming Volume 2 book. So I spiced it up just a little bit, but it's got basically <laughs> a true Thanks. story. I mean, it's every bit well, a true you. story, don't get me wrong. So I want to tell you about it. My worst experience with Atlanta crew schedule was being drafted one Christmas Day morning back in the mid-70s. I was the first officer then on 727 for a trip to Corpus Christi where we found the only thing open that evening was a hotel desk. I mean, there was nothing going on. Even the uh, food in the uh, machines was uh, empty. 
At my second airline career, ATA, also known as American Transair, we never saw a crew schedule unless you were based in headquarters at Indianapolis, which I was not. Now, what I'm about to relate was a pretty bad trip and a bit illegal, although it didn't start out that way. I was on reserve, reserve captain in Chicago, and got a call at our what we called accommodations for three mature gentlemen that wasn't a hot bed crash pad for me and two former brand of captains. We had our own bedroom. We lived nice up there. This call was from a crew scheduler late one night who said I had to get to Mobile somehow. You are the only one, Floyd. So I flew to Atlanta on Kiwi and rented a car for the drive to Mobile as it was very late by then, almost midnight. And all the flights from Atlanta to Mobile had been much earlier. I don't know how the first officer and the flight engineer got there, but they did. Now, there was an ATA 727 coming out of a heavy check at the old World War II Berkeley Field right there by the bay. We were going to do something with it. The next morning, we were to do about five sheets of items to be checked on the airplane. Never done that before, but we were going to do it to make sure all was okay, and then we were going to ferry it to St. Louis. But we never got to do that. It was leaking fuel out of one of the engines. This was per a call from the mechanics about 6 a.m. We figured our duty day started at 6 a.m. Remember that, if you will, 6 a.m. So we sat in our rooms where more calls kept coming in with more and more problems with the airplane. Finally, about 1 p.m., the ATA B-727 flight manager, a former friend of captain, called to tell me to forget all about that airplane as it looked like we might have to go to New Orleans. What? Go to New Orleans. <laughs> so now we were just standing by in Mobile wondering what was going on. About 2 p.m., he called back to say that the ATA's Learjet, not crewed by line pilots, was going to fly from Indianapolis to Mobile so as to take us over to New Orleans. I just got another page. Let me get it. Seems like an ATA charter to Cancun was running about 10 hours late, and the pilot would be out of time if they did not divert to New Orleans and we take over the flight. But that flight wasn't even going to land until about 10 o'clock that night. So the Learjet does show up, and we land at New Orleans at about 7 p.m. Remember, we got up at 6 we have now been on duty about 12 or so hours. They got us rooms at the hotel right by the airport, but being hungry, we mostly just ate supper and watched TV, too. Wound up even trying to sleep for a couple of hours. We also learned that there was also 177 passengers in Cancun sitting at the airport waiting on us, listen to this, to take them to Chicago. So the Cancun <laughs> flight just finally arrived in New Orleans, still running about 10 hours late. By now, we were about as tired as the pilots getting off the trip were. The flight attendants stayed on both on board, and mostly they were in a very bad mood, as were the 177 passengers sitting on that airplane. They expected being be in Cancun 10 hours ago. Anyhow, we blast off, blast off into Cancun, hoping that nothing bad happens until we get to Chicago. We were quite illegal, or at least about to be. We do land at Cancun without anything bad happening, so now all we got to do is hang on for another four or five hours. Thank goodness there wasn't a cloud in the sky between Cancun and Chicago. We loaded that unhappy bunch of folks, and off we go. I think about the time we did landfall over Mayor Mobile, which is all this started about 22 hours ago. Somebody calling me? <laughs> We're here. <laughs> I'm not here for a little, little fuel warning. <laughs> 
I was the only I was the only one playing away. <laughs> but we did make it to O'Hare just as the sun was above the horizon, so we had the pleasure of landing into the sunrise about six AM. So our twenty four hour ordeal was finally over. Not so fast, Batman. Seems that no one told the custom crew we were coming in, so we had to sit on the airplane at the gate waiting for somebody to drive to O'Hare to clear us back into the good old United States. Another hour. Now, that's 25 hours on beauty city now, if you had not been keeping up with it. Goes by, and the only one allowed off was the flight engineer, as Keith had to get off and look at the airplane there at the gate. Just check it out. Now, we've been told in New Orleans that the entire crew would have rooms at the embassy suites right by the airport at Chicago. So we were now looking forward to a free breakfast and a nice bed. This is fixing to get worse. Well, a very single, single, very mad customer agent finally showed up, and the folks slowly started getting off. The gate agent, the ATA gate agent there at O'Hare, handed me a bundle of papers as we were now to ferry the airplane to Indianapolis. What? <laughs> Our pilot reservation has been canceled. What? What do you mean? <laughs> I got on the phone to Jetaway and called crew schedule, who I gave about three minutes of guidance and counseling, ending with a demand that our rooms be waiting for at the embassy suites because we were going there, too. Well, he did, and we did. I was very pissed to say it mildly. And after a couple of hours hard sleep, I called Indy, to talk with a duty officer who turned out to be former Eastern Captain Charlie Boswell. Now, Charlie just pretty much exploded after I told him this sad tale. And then he hung up, his head for crew schedule, with anger in his voice. Now, I've often thought about this mess, and for a small airline like ATA, the only solution I could think of would be to have the Learjet take a crew to Cancun to replace us there, you know, and lay over. But that did not happen. So maybe the Learjet crew was out of town, out of time too. I don't know. Well, that's my story, and I'm sticking with it. Very <laughs> <laughs> good. That's a hell of a story. What did you do for the rest of the day? Oh man, <laughs> Harry, were you? Yeah, yeah, you I got to have that for the book. <laughs> and you now Miles. My little emergency landing isn't going to sound like anything after what you went through. Hang on a second. I've just lost Harry okay. Lindquist. And, uh, Harry, if you don't mind, <laughs> would you hang up and call back in? And uh, it'll break. Uh, I, I can't open your line. So if you would do that for me, I'd appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Harry Lindquist, just call back in. Neil, is that the That's Harry that. from Atlanta? Yeah, that's Harry from Atlanta. Yeah, so oh uh, he's on the line. Uh, he's yeah, so uh, he'll be. Uh, uh, hope that he can hang up because he's not hanging up here. And let's well, see if I can hang him up. Well, we had to do the same thing, Neil. We had to do the same thing. We were waiting on just before we got to our part too. Uh, we got okay. cut off. For well, looks like anyway. Looks like Harry. Yeah, Harry. He he might not be able to hear me too. But, uh, Harry, if yeah. you don't mind, just uh, uh, hang up and call back in. But that's okay. Let's yeah, continue can... the show here. Yeah. All right. Uh, the, the way uh, Dorothy, you're up next. Yeah, <laughs> Dorothy, you're up next. We had an emergency landing after a 14-hour duty day and had to divert to another airport. It was serious. We were scared. 
The pilot stayed in the plane and told us to deplane with the passengers. We had two unaccompanied minors with us. Passengers are upset about missing their connections and how we intend to get them to the correct city. We are struggling to contact parents and get a hold of scheduling to figure out what we are supposed to do. Scheduling puts us on hold for 20 minutes. They say they'll call us back. So we just stand there at the gate being berated after going through the emotional trauma of thinking we may seriously be injured, just waiting for a call back. An hour later, scheduling calls us back, and it goes like this. Sorry to keep you waiting. Uh, This is scheduling back with you. I apologize for the delay. Hey, are you guys doing okay? You know, we're a bit shaken up, and we don't know what to tell the passengers, and... Uh, I I know. I mean, are you all right to keep working? That's the day I quit giving up lying. Uh Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, Harry is unable to talk uh, his part here, and I'm going to take that. But uh, uh, he was saying as a crew scheduler, sadly, I have a few coworkers like that. And uh, we did a flight deck observation not long after I started with the company and everything went great except that the jump seat isn't very comfortable from Atlanta to White Plains, New York and back. Uh, After that experience, though, it really opened my eyes to what the line flying is about and and, uh, had some sympathy there. So I always try and see things through the crew member's eyes. Colleen? (laughs) Another, Another crew member said, You've always been really nice to me. I had my iPad stolen in, where's JNB? Anybody? I don't know. I don't either. I never heard of that one. All right. Just New Brooklyn. Okay. The (laughs) the iPad was stolen. I needed to buy one fairly quickly as the company um, likes to have an electronic uh, copy of my manual. I spoke to scheduling and asked for a a USA trip, London-based, as I make a huge saving buying electronics over there, and I had none all month. I got an are-you-being-serious type answer, but 10 minutes later, uh, Chicago popped up on my schedule. And you're always great when I call up to get my reserve slot filled like three weeks in advance, too. I always get a choice of trips. Mm-hmm. Gary? Still, another crew member adds, I couldn't think of a worse job besides crewing, so I make an effort to always be pleasant and do everything I can to make your lives easier. I recently found out that I can place notes on my roster that crew scheduling can see. All I mention is that I'm always glad to help out, excluding one particular duty that is a 5 a.m. start and four turnarounds, which always gets delayed. George? And uh, one final comment by this crew member who says, crew scheduling isn't the worst. Your job stinks, and no matter what airline we work for, they have a tendency to treat people like numbers instead of actual human beings. I appreciate schedules in the work you do. Even if I hate you with every fiber of my being when my phone rings at (laughs) 2 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) 
You know, mm-hmm. George, you've got a you've got a story that you want to share about this time. Uh, oh yeah, like yeah. Jim, this, this will really yeah. lighten lighten things lighten things up a bit. I was a, at the time a first officer on the 727, and a trip went from LaGuardia to Montreal, back to LaGuardia, and then to New Orleans for a long layover on Bourbon Street at the Royal Senesta. And it was during Mardi Gras down there, so all three of us were looking forward to the trip. So we had just taken off from LaGuardia, and it had just started to snow, and there was a, a blizzard forecast. So when we got up to uh, New, uh, up to uh, Montreal, the uh, dispatcher called and said, look, they're having a blizzard in New York, so why don't you just overfly New York, go right to uh, New Orleans, and lay over at the hotel, and we'll call you up when uh, things open up again. So we did that, and we went to the hotel, to the Royal Sinester, and after we registered, I walked over to the phone in the lobby, and I was flying with a captain. I don't know if anybody remembers him. His name was Jimmy Smith. He was a uh, kind of a short guy, very, very good sense of humor. And I called from the lobby phone. I said, called the front desk. I said, with, with a, a voice that sounded really bad, and I said, look, this is Captain Smith from Eastern, and I'm really not feeling well. So I don't know what I picked up, but please don't call me in my room until I let you know that I'm feeling better. So we all went to our rooms, and the engineer and I said, well, we're in New Orleans during Mardi Gras. we got to go out partying. So we did for two days. We were out two days and nights, you know, went out mm. running around to every bar in New Orleans, you know, every – Every place you could imagine, looking at whatever, as we all know, what goes on during Mardi Gras. So finally, after three days, I guess it was the room clerk, slid a note under Jimmy's door, and he said, it said, please call crew schedule. They've been trying to call you for two days. When you're feeling better, give them a call. So Jimmy <laughs> called the crew schedule, and they said, look, we need you to ferry a plane back to LaGuardia. We've been trying to reach you for two days, and we hope you're feeling better. He said, what do you mean, feeling better? He said, well, when we tried to call, each time they said they wouldn't put a call through to your room because you had called and told them that you were sick. He said, I I never did that. So anyway, he called called the engineer and I, and we had had sobered up up enough by then, and we all went out to the airport, and we ferried the plane to LaGuardia. So when we took off, Jimmy, he said to me, he said, did you call crew schedule and Tell him that I was sick or something. I said, Jimmy, would I ever do that to you? Come on. I said, that's not right. You got to be kidding. He said, no, no. He said, well, they they told me that I was sick and they didn't want to bother me for two days. Anyway, long story short, the engineer and I were we were practically hysterical whenever he was out of the cockpit. But about I flew a trip with him about two months later, and Jimmy said to me, God rest his soul, he passed away a few years ago. He said. I got to ask you something about that New Orleans trip. He said, "Did you ever call Kruskin and tell him I was sick and, and I fessed up?" And we both got a great laugh out of him. He said, "That was the best thing." He said, "I, I wish I had thought of it." He said, "I would have gone out with you guys." But, I, I don't know if you guys remember Lenny, Lenny California. Oh, he ran, he ran Kruskin. Yeah, Lenny. Kennedy. Oh yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah. Jimmy oh, told yeah. him about it. And the next time I checked in for a trip, he said, well, Jimmy told me what you did down in New Orleans. He said, that was the best thing I've ever heard of. 
and we all got a good laugh out of that. But I figured that would be a good schedule. I'm going to ring your bell. Here we go. (laughs) Are you down to Jim Holder again? Yeah, down to Jim Holder again. Wait for the phone to ring. All right. Here it is. You guys, uh, every time I push a button here, my my board is about to uh, uh, go off. So, uh, at any rate, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jim Holder. Yeah, I think this is uh, some some of the stuff we've got from crew schedule. I'm not really sure. But, uh, number one, they told me we could get off the plane after a 17-hour duty day and that a hotel would be booked. Another scheduler, when we called back, said, no, wait, you can't leave that airplane. You never actually went to a gate. Was doing a <laughs> Kennedy, Los Angeles back to Kennedy in one day, 13-hour duty day, 11.5 block time. On the way back, we divert to Bradley, Hartford, and they don't give us a gate because it's like 2 a.m. or something. So they have stairs and an escort because the people want to get off. Because we never went to the gate, we were not allowed off. We later took off back to Kennedy and landed about 3.30 a.m., and my total duty that day was 17 hours and 49 minutes. It was after this that I decided I would never do anything for the company that didn't directly benefit me. When I get to opt off, I opt off. There may be exceptions, but they aren't made thinking of how it affects the company. Now, that sounds like a bad day, too. Yeah, well, a lot of excuses going in. A few of the examples are I tripped in the galley and hit my head. I had a seizure. <laughs> Worked the next flight to prevent it from being canceled. I was in the ER for two days. Crew scheduling would not positive space me to my house in a different city from where I was based. The base ended up doing it, but after three back and forth fighting it with scheduling. He says, wait a minute, your captain allowed you to continue working after you had a seizure? <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Such a tough job. Also, approve, approve my swamp for me. Uh, Seven-hour seven rolling delay at waiting at a gate while a four-hour flight to Las Vegas kept pushing later and later. My crew was finally opted, uh, finally opted off. I called uh, scheduling. The plane was delayed again. And my crew was berated and told that they would not be able to get a, get us a hotel if we opted off. That we had we had to sleep at the airport instead of going to a hotel. So we called it bluff. The I normally had a nice a nice as hell scheduling man, but the, screw that person who threatened me just as, for utilizing our rights to opt off and get the real room that I could sleep nicely in. <laughs> Got that a little twisted up. And, <laughs> I can I can relate to it. All right, and here's a different story. I don't talk to scheduling much these days since I haven't sat reserve in quite some time, but I also make it a point to be polite. At my company, they award flight attendant of the month. One flight attendant is chosen by our base supervisors, and then crew scheduling selects their own flight attendant of the month based off of attendance number of trips flown, and interactions with scheduling. I was awarded flight attendant of the month by scheduling many years ago. I was very surprised but felt honored. I've had crazy stuff happen to me, but I tend to roll with the punches, so to speak. 
Thank you for all you do in scheduling. That's my job. I wouldn't want. That's a job I wouldn't want. You're a tough cookie for sure. <laughs> very good. Very good. You know, I'm having uh, board problems here, and I don't know whether we'll be able to finish the rest of the story, but I do have um, uh, the answer machine, and I wanted to see if I could play one of these answer machines that I wish I had uh, back in the day that crew scheduling was calling me. And here's, here's the one I really liked I found. Let's see if it'll play. It may not play, and we may have to continue on here. Let's see what it sounds like. Nope, won't play. None of my <laughs> sound effects will play tonight, and I had some good ones. Boy, I had some good ones. Okay, that's the end of our show. And uh, I've got some breaking news, and I know if I hit the breaking news that uh, that's not going to work either. So I'm just going to uh, call on, uh, uh-oh, I can't, I, all, of, all, of my, uh, all of my clicks on my board are not working now. So, Mark, oh, wow. you are not working. No one's working. So I don't know whether it's blog talk radio but uh, we're going to have to call it short, folks. Can, can you can you uh, hear me I'm, now? I'm very sorry. <laughs> I can hear you I guys, hear you. and if you want, okay. if you want to speak a few more a few more stories, then before we go off the air, I can't control <clears throat> anything on this panel here. I yeah. can't control <laughs> turning you guys off. I don't even know if I can even close the program down. But uh, well. at any rate, uh, if you got any stories, we got a few more minutes left, so. Let's go. I can't play the well, silver got, wings uh, or anything. Is Mark on at all? The... No, no, I can't get him on. I can't get him on. No, he's not on. Can you hear me? I can hear everybody that's microphone is open. I can okay. hear everyone whose microphone is open. And uh, Mine I open. Had, uh, yeah, yours is open, Chuck. Everybody's open except Mark's. And there's okay. uh, and okay. also Harry. Harry hasn't been Mark? able to come on, and he's probably listening, I'm sure. But Mark is not uh, able to talk because his microphone is shut down, as okay. well as I Harry's. Can read, I can read, uh, Neil, what uh, you sent me that Mark wrote. Do you want me to? Uh, yeah, if you would, go ahead and, and let us know what's happening. I think there was some breaking news there. Dorothy, yeah, go ahead and tell Mark us about had it. Some, I'm not sure how much uh, more he had other than this, but he said that uh, Eastern 3.0 had breaking news that Eastern has four 777 aircraft, another Qantas 747-400 ER that flew into Jet Midwest facilities to go to Eastern Airline, and that will make three of them that they will have. American uh -huh. Airlines was pulling back from Haiti, so Eastern Airlines was adding on to Haiti from Miami and JFK. So thanks to Mark, we have some information on Eastern 3.0. Back to you, Neil. Okay, I, okay, I want to apologize to Harry and to uh, Mark. And uh, I open the microphones uh, as the parts call for because I do have background noise and I try to filter them out. 
and uh, I had some background noise from Mark's phone, so uh, his phone was silenced at this end, but it would not reopen, nor would Harry's reopen as well. So uh, we've got, from time to time, we have technical difficulties, but I think it's coming from my computer and not Blog Talk Radio because uh, I think I got a virus in here somehow and it's got to be cleaned. So I'm going to call my computer geek and get him over here to do that before uh, next week and uh, when we'll have uh, another show, musical show, and history of Eastern. So the, the music of the 70s. And uh, any any anything anybody wants to say before we sign off here, uh, Colleen well, or Jim can, uh, or Mike, Mike, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean we're talking about all this uh, the crew schedule and all that stuff. Of course, uh, on my end, uh, on the corporate field, we didn't have much in the way of crew scheduling because we we only had a couple of crews for for one or two airplanes. And so there wasn't much of a problem, but we always said we had extended duty times, which didn't apply under Part 91. But later on, when I became the director of operations for the last operation that I was in, not only was I the chief pilot, but the director of operations, but I was also crew schedule. <laughs> so I, I had to wear all the different hats. So I, yeah. if I had any problems with myself, I had to go into the, to the, to the lavatory and look in the mirror and yell at myself. Um, and i think dispatch probably fills in for crew scheduling too um, that's right with the smaller airlines yeah but uh it is interesting uh small airlines and especially those airlines like you flew uh mike uh, overseas international flights that you covered and um, yeah, well, we we had a heck of a time because you know we were kind of on our own. We didn't uh, really have any special handling, or we had to arrange for all of our transport from the from the hotel. I mean, from the airport to the hotels and the handlers and the catering and the fuel and loading the bags and you name it. We had to do it all, everything. There was nobody I, running to... around behind us with a box of Kleenex to wipe yeah. our butts. Well, I've got to say this about crew scheduling, and I don't know George and Jim and uh, Mike, uh, but you guys might agree with me, especially Atlanta crew scheduling. Those guys were just fabulous guys. I mean, they were. Work with they were. And Jim, I think you'd probably say the same thing. And uh, yes, they sir, would cut us some slack. Uh, you know, if 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 uh, uh, if uh, I had uh, I had a school going at the time back in the 60s and 70s, and and I had to go out of town to teach a class sometimes, and crew sked worked wonders. I had Bobby Sutton and and uh, guys like Woody uh, would uh, would uh, make sure that I was able to cover those uh, classes. Yeah. That I was having. And I'm sure up in, up in New York, too, you probably had the same thing, George, with your crew sked. Yes, we did. Yeah, J- Jimmy Moore was great, and... Uh, Lenny Carafoil, you know, you could always work with them. They'd work around whatever you needed, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, they had day lay- <laughs> including three-day <laughs> layoffs in New Orleans and, uh, or Mardi Gras. <laughs> yeah. Cruise, cruise, schedule, cruise schedule in New York. I remember when I was a kid and my mom would be on the phone trying to find out when my dad was coming back on his trips. And I'm talking about like in the uh, – 
in in the 50s, late 50s and whatnot, or middle 50s when they had crazy phone numbers. And I remember my mom always getting onto the phone, which you, you used to tell the operator the phone number, and they, there was no dial or anything on it. And she, you know, I, I still remember the number. I wrote it down here. Just to, it was Newton Newton nine eight two hundred. Oh, I remember those. That was the crew schedule yeah. number. <laughs> Jim, you got a thing? Uh, anything you want to add to Atlanta crew schedule? Uh, no, just a bunch of great guys. I'll tell you, if they did do something bad that you knew was bad and they knew was bad, down the line they'd make up for it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know about the flight attendants' crew skids, but uh, Colleen, uh, you work with crew skid, and uh, how was it to work with the flight attendant side? It, it was fine. It was what it was. You know, they 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 were apologetic. I never had a run in a bad experience with them. You didn't like what they were calling you and giving you, but that wasn't their fault. And, yeah, you know, so I never yeah. really had a problem. Yeah. I do have. Three three small items that I wanted to say though. Uh, Go for ahead, those of us, None of us knew yeah. what J and B was. It's O R Tambo International Airport, and it's the closest airport to Johannesburg, South Africa. Oh, oh wow! Darren wow. yeah, done yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the other one was I take offense to any of the snickering about. Spending Christmas in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I was born and raised right outside of Bethlehem, and it is absolutely beautiful at Christmas time. And my brother, who was yeah. a lifelong professional Santa, was the Santa in Bethlehem for many years. Oh, and also, how do you like also, that? also the official Santa of Pennsylvania. So, you know, Colleen. And- uh, when when we laid over at uh, the Marriott there, I believe it was, it was right there on the Lehigh River or that river behind the hotel, and uh, it was a, be- you're right, it is a beautiful, there's a college there, and I can't think the name of the college, is it Lehigh, Lehigh. College? Yes, yeah, Lehigh, Lehigh. and uh, we were the only ones in the hotel Christmas Eve and Christmas morning, and we came down for breakfast as a crew going out to the airport, but we were going to eat at the uh, restaurant uh, in the hotel, and they had whipped up something for us you wouldn't believe a breakfast. And all of us had a little present at our plate. Uh, and oh, it was, uh, when we opened it up, it was a coffee cup of Bethlehem, Bethlehem Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. You still have a deal. I still have that cup. I'll try to take a picture it. of it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You put the martinis in it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I even have a Delta there. coffee cup. <laughs> uh, Neil? Well, yeah. yeah, go ahead, Tommy. Have, you got another one? Go ahead. Just a little story about True Skin. Okay, so when my husband and I got married, and he was a pilot with Eastern. And uh, we were in Miami. We got married in September. I had more seniority than him, so I was off. He was on reserve, so he was supposed to come in Christmas night. So bright and early Christmas morning, the phone rings, and I think my wonderful, thoughtful husband is calling to wish me Merry Christmas, and I answer the phone. And I got Merry Christmas tag, you're it. And it was good. <laughs> 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 They, uh, they were sent 
sending me on a trip that night. So as I was yeah. taxiing out, my husband was taxiing in, and uh, they let us talk on the radio. <laughs> so that was our first trip together. It's <laughs> not together. Well, one thing we know about the transportation business, it's 24-7. So if you've got to work the holidays, which we all had to do from time to time, we you just grinned and bared the pain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're right. Somebody's got to yeah. do it. Yeah. So, okay, very good. Well, we're getting close here to our uh, end here, and uh, I'm going to see if I can play this one, but I'm, I'm sure it won't uh, play. Let me see. Nope, none of my none of my buttons are working. So, <laughs> uh, okay, we're going to sign off of- here, and we're. Uh, I said, who can make the sound of a landing? Come on, somebody. <laughs> okay, well, before you before you do that, Neil, just let me say quickly that we have 1,052 members, and the new uh, one is Dan King, and he's from northern Vermont, and we have Lee Gordon, who is from, um, he's from Taylor, South Carolina. Uh-huh. So I just wanted everyone okay. to know that. And our next program is on um, the 13th, and that, of course, will be our music with the dance of the uh, 70s. Very good. Excellent. Okay. Sorry, folks, for the technical difficulties that we are having, and we don't have them uh, often during the year. I'd say maybe about three or four times a year. We'll have some uh, follow-ups with Blog Talk Radio. But all in all, uh, it's it's uh, been pretty dependable. And uh, the problems that we're having tonight, I feel like, is right in front of my screen here and the computer I'm using. So I think that's our, our big problem. So with that, I want to say good night to every, all of you guys that showed up tonight. Good Thanks night. So much. Good night. Uh, again, Thank Harry you. and uh, all right. Harry and Mark. Yeah. So, okay, everybody at one... Emergency vehicles are on the way. Chuck, Chuck, how about signing off for us? All right. Be sure to tune in again next Monday. And uh, America's favorite way to fly returns to the cyber waves. And we'll listen to the music of the 70s and the history of Eastern you may not have heard before. We hope you join us. Don't forget to tune in Thursday, not this particular Thursday, but after Thursday after, and for our Reaper Radio Hour, stories of, by pilots of Eastern Airlines. If you've not heard one of our broadcasts, you really missed out on some great Eastern talk. Unfortunately, as I said before, we have to cancel this week's broadcast as our producer will be with his wife again at the Mayo Clinic just for a office visit. Our producer is telling me it's time to say goodbye. This is Chuck Albright, Eastern Employee 018632, signing off on behalf of tonight's hosts, Dorothy and Don Gagnon, Mike Scott, Colleen DeFleece, George Jen, Mark Parter, and our producer, Neil Holland, and our guest was Harry Lindquist tonight, playing the sign-off music made popular by Merle Haggard, Silver Wings. Can you make that work? No, we won't be able to make it work unless you want to sing it. <laughs> oh. no, no, no. 
Silver wings. <laughs> All right, good well, night, we got guys. It. I enjoyed it. Good night, good night everybody. Good night, family and friends around the world, and good night, Eastern, wherever you are. We love you, Eastern. All right, good night, guys. Oh, Let's shut it down. We don't have much. We don't have much fun, but we have a piss poor time. Bye bye. There you go. We bye love bye. you, Eastern. Bye. We love you, Eastern. I can't even shut it off. It won't shut off. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm right. My computer is completely. <laughs> I just love that it won't shut down. I'm going to have to shut the computer well, down to get it off. My God. What's wrong with we'll that? We'll have to shoot it. We'll shoot it, it down. There. there we go. You're off now. Bye. Yeah, I am. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs>